you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by two special guests, Nick and Lee Hawks from Gristle King, which is a place where you can learn about a blockchain technology cryptocurrency called Helium. I'm really excited to get into it. Welcome to the show, you folks. Thanks. Thanks. Psyched to be here. Psyched to, yeah. to share the knowledge and share our experience with the Lifter LMS. It's been pretty, pretty cool so far. Lots of learning. Awesome. Well, I'm super passionate into uh, crypto and technology and um, really how technology can make, can make the world a better place. It's something I really believe in. Um, for people who don't know, where does Helium sit in the ecosystem? I know that's a big question, but how do you tell uh, somebody who's never heard of it before, even if they're not familiar with blockchain or crypto, what is it? Sure. So Helium is this idea. It's it's really one of the, the first and the largest projects that tokenizes something in the real world. So up until pretty recently, blockchain projects were all in the digital world. It was Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever it was, it was kind of a digital currency. And there wasn't really a crossover into, quote, the real world. And Helium is one of the first projects that has done that. It, what it is, it, you put a, put a radio basically on your roof and that radio provides coverage um, on a very specific frequency that, or protocol called LoRa, L-O-R-A for long range. And LoRa coverage typically services what's called IoT or the Internet of Things. I know there's a lot of stuff coming at you, but it's a pretty big space and there's, there's a lot of information. So the kind of very short version is you put one of these radios on your roof. It provides coverage for sensors that might be transmitting stuff, uh, information about temperature, humidity. Uh, they might be tracking vehicles or packages or pallets or planes. They might be tracking animals. Pet trackers. Pet trackers. There's lots of different things that the IoT, the Internet of Things can do. And in return for providing that coverage, you're paid in a cryptocurrency called the HNT or Helium Network Token. Um, and that's that's kind of the, the very big picture about it is that it's this interaction between physical and the digital. So why the course? So we built the course because it is a big and complex environment. It's a big and complex ecosystem. And the, the three minute kind of information or, or introduction I just gave is not even the surface of it. Um, as you get into Helium and you start to deploy these hotspots, you've got to figure out where do you buy them? What do you do with them? How do you set them up? How do you know that you're in the right location? How does the whole thing work? What, what's good? What's bad when they go down? How do you troubleshoot them? What's next on the horizon? Like there's so many things going on and Helium itself is a really dynamic company. So they started with LoRa and now they're pushing into 5G, which is a, a totally different um, spectrum of the radio or, or set of frequencies on the radio. And so there's a whole new set of rules around that. And because it's such a complex system, and especially because right now it's probably as of even early 2022, where we are right now, January, it's still one of the most profitable things you can mine in all of cryptocurrency. Um, that was far more true in 2021 when a great miner uh, cost about 500 bucks and in a, in a good location, it would be making something like 15 to $20,000 a month. So the demand for it was incredible, but the difference between a good and a bad location could be significant. You could be making 
100 or 200 bucks a month. And so there's this really big demand for information. So for a long time, I gave it away for free and then found out about you guys. And we decided to say, okay, let's build a course that is reasonably approachable for people and lay out the whole thing in about an hour so that then you can go in and do a really good job of, of mining and, and contributing to the ecosystem. Wow. That's awesome. What, what makes a good location? Sure. A good location is, it's a combination of things. So it is, I call this WUPU. So it's W-U-P-U and that's wide. It provides this coverage that's wide, unique, provable, and useful. So it's wide coverage. Your, your radio, really your antenna can, um, can receive information from a lot of different places. It's not boxed up. It's unique coverage. So it's not you and, you know, it's not you putting two miners in your house and providing the same coverage twice. It's provable coverage in that when your miner um, sends out a, a signal or transmits what's called a beacon, another miner can receive that. And in the helium, in helium world, we call that witnessing that. And because this proof piece is so much of the earnings, this proof of coverage cycle is so much of the earnings, um, it's really important to be in the right place where your miner can actually prove its location. And then the last thing is that it's a useful or usable, and that's it's processing sensor data. It's actually doing something useful for the network. And that's probably the most exciting thing long-term about all of Helium is that it's an actually useful network. You're not just trading stuff on the market, which, hey, that's fun. You can make a lot of money doing that. And if you like making money, then crypto is a good space to be for that. But if we're looking for long-term plays, it's really about how do you how do you have a useful application to the world we currently exist in. That is awesome. Is it um, is it biased towards being in a like a, a very populated area, or can can a rural area meet those criteria as well? A rural area, it's tough for a rural area to do it if you're what's called a lone wolf. So if you're the only miner around and you can't provide that provable coverage, the P and Wupu, it's really difficult, if not impossible, to earn any significant amount. And so there's a sweet spot, and this is one of the complexities that the course goes through about how many miners you want around you and what the, let's say, the quality of those miners looks like. That's awesome. I did some research and I was looking at the the map of the miners in my area, trying to, I'm still getting familiar with it. Yeah. Uh, but I can see, uh, I can see how um, the, the appeal and how interesting it is and, and really um, empowering that. How is it, how is it different from like the current way? Like what makes it decentralized or more for the people or more democratized? Sure. So it's, it's, Decentralized in the sense that it's replacing the current um, current wireless system. So right up until Helium came along, the only way to get signal out there was to be a giant company, a Verizon, a T-Mobile, um, a Sprint, and say, we're going to put up our own towers and we're going to provide and radios and antennas on those towers. We're going to spend a ton of money, millions of dollars to put up one tower, and we're going to provide coverage for people. And those people will never, never be able to earn off of the coverage that we provide. In fact, they're going to they're going to spend to to use that coverage. And there's no chance for a small operator to come in at anything less than a few million and provide useful coverage. And so what Helium did was make it so that any of us can put a pretty small radio on top of our house and provide coverage and get paid for that. So that's the decentralizing parts. Is it's decentralizing this wireless buildup. And if we think of this in terms of what does this look like compared to something to another business or another. Um, wireless rollout. This is the fastest wireless rollout that has ever been seen in the world. In just over a year, uh, Helium managed to incentivize the rollout of over 400,000 different stations, different radio stations. So it's a, it's, it's, a, we're, it's a demonstration of what can happen when you align the incentives and you combine the physical and the digital and make sure everybody who participates wins. 
and see just how big and fast and amazing um, a, a thing can grow. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about the education piece. Um, you know, uh, cryptocurrency, tech, blockchain technology, decentralization, the tokenization of everything is moving really fast. Yeah. So education definitely plays a part. Um, how does how did the need to educate come in, and what are what are some challenges you wish to solve by creating a course? I'm gonna I'm gonna put that over to Lee. She started to run. I just said, hey, you know, Lee's my wife, and I said, look, I, I've got so much going on. I can't handle this. Can you help me build this course? So I'll let her kind of talk about what we think we're going to do with the course and where it's going. Yeah. So, you know, Nick's got on this, uh, this road, I don't know, probably, which is a really cool story. Um, I don't know, about a year and a half ago and really became the expert in this technology. And just started doing a lot of consulting for people who wanted to do large employment deployments or even somebody, it was actually people all over the world. And we started doing, Nick started doing because of the demand, you know, people wanted to know this new language and you really didn't, most people really don't have or didn't have the bandwidth to piece this all together. And learn all the new, the language, the, you know, everybody had this, um, this thing in their head that they needed to use uh, this, the technology of, oh, you know, a higher tower, you know, will give me better coverage. So it was really a lot of educating people on it's, it's, it's very heavy in education. So that's when we thought, well, if we could make it so that it was available to more people in a course format. Um, so that's when we found you guys and, um, yeah, so we're putting it into a basic beginner's course that can walk everybody through, you know, really anything they know, want to know to get started. Yeah. Yeah. What's and the, it's been, uh, it's been amazing. I mean, I've gone through all your videos. <laughs> um, I've listened to all the, you know, the house cleaner lady one. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so much, and it's the same with you. It's all new. You know, you have to break all this stuff down to be teach, to teach people. And I think you made it really easy for us to do that. So. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're education entrepreneurs. They kind of go together and you mentioned Angela yeah. Brown, who's a house cleaner, who's, yeah. um, teaching and helping others in that niche of yeah. house cleaning entrepreneurship. What's the, um, what's the history? Like I'm trying to get the timeline of like, how old is helium? When did you start consulting and how far back is your WordPress experience? Sure. Like those are just some key data points there. Yeah. So WordPress I've been doing since geez, probably 2004 for what? Um, That's pretty old. Yeah, but more on like a personal blog level. So for okay. a long time, I've just enjoyed writing stuff. So I'd write travel logs or, or what I was doing and I was doing a bunch of different stuff. And it was always a, a way to make it so that family and friends could see what I was doing. So the WordPress stuff, at least at a, a surface level and just publishing blog posts and doing that thing, I'd, I'd had a long time or a, a lot of experience with. Helium technically started uh, much longer ago than than the kind of current incarnation is. So let's say 2019 is probably when Helium really started banging in its in its current form. Um, I found it in August of 2020, 2020, 
So kind of middle beginning of the pandemic. Um, and I had, as I'm, I'm a paraglider and August of 2020, a, a fairly famous paraglider went missing over the Nevada, over the Nevada desert. So he was trying to set a personal record. He was flying with a bunch of other people. We all carry GPSs. We all carry cell phones when we're flying out in the, uh, out in the kind of back country. And his last GPS ping was at something like 17,000 feet or 14,000 feet and disappeared. So he was uh, really well known in funnily enough, both the paragliding and the psychedelic community. And through both of those communities, he had all of these wild connections. So he knew ambassadors, he knew owners of big companies. Um, he knew kind of the little people, the big people and everyone in between and was really well liked. And so this giant search and rescue effort was stood up to find this guy. And we had everybody um, from kind of government satellites going over and because he knew some folks in the intelligence community and saying, okay, can we use some of this older data all the way down to hunters, hikers, bikers, ATVs, private planes. I flew up there with a buddy in his private plane. We had helicopters there. We had drones all scouring the, the this giant area to find this guy because the GPS and the cell phone hadn't worked. I think it was, was it, it was the summer too, which was, you know, you've got a, the clocks ticking on, you know, what if he wasn't, he, was alive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, I mean, the, the kind of short and tragic part is he was dead when he hit the ground. It took us 30 days to find him. Um, and we, we just, yeah, ended up finding him through getting lucky. And so on the plane ride for me up there in this little small plane with my buddy, we went up and searched for a couple of days, I think three days of, of searching in the air. All we were talking about was how do we make sure this doesn't happen to us? If we're flying in the backcountry, we thought that uh, GPS and cell phone was the gold standard and you couldn't not be found. Turns out that's not true. What is our, what's our third option? What's our, to make fancy words, tertiary geolocation um, option, right? Our third way to be found. And that's when I found Laura. So I find Laura kind of probably eight to 12 months into Helium's real existence and probably like 10 months or eight months into it really starting to take off. Um, still considered super early in that space. And, and at that time, serendipitously, Helium had opened up this program for what are called DIY or do-it-yourself miners. They since closed that program because it ended up opening a bunch of loopholes for gamers and cheaters. But in the short time that it was open, I ended up building a couple of different Helium miners and learning a lot more than probably your typical person does just from having to build it kind of from scratch myself and seeing how the system works. So now we circle back to the WordPress experience. I wrote my first blog about Helium on my personal blog, just because friends and family were asking, you know, what are you doing 25 hours a day? <laughs> I was like out in the mountains all the time. I was in the garage. I was building stuff, putting things up on the roof. I was, you know, doing these crazy hikes to put these radio, um, we call them towers, but sometimes they're just, you know, a four foot station in all like of these mad scientists, yeah, remote <laughs> places. And the blog post got picked up because it was just me explaining what what the system was and how it worked and how to optimize a hotspot and how to make that $15,000, $20,000 a month. Um, and obviously that information is pretty in, enticing and valuable to people. And more or less by accident, the blog post got picked up in the like the Reddit world and, and kind of the Helium community took it and ran with it. And then I started getting phone calls. Um, and my kind of most memorable one was like a nine o'clock on a Thursday night, this Ukrainian dude out of Buffalo, New York called. I picked up the phone and it's like the classic movie line. Hello, I have a bunch of miners. I have some questions for you. <laughs> you know, so we had this really fun kind of long-term conversation. But at that point, I started to realize, okay, I can't be, I can't do what I've been doing. I can't give away all this information for free. And I really can't give all this time away 
without trying to figure out a business around it. And so I began a charge for consulting. The consulting business took off. We did really well with that. And then we saw like, okay, that's not going to be enough either. We've got to build a course. And that's really when Lee came in and said, okay, let's let's systematize this a little bit and make it so that you can either do a one-on-one consult um, which can be really valuable if you have a like a, a larger group where you got really specific questions, or you can take a course because a course solves you know a hundred percent of most of seventy percent of the people's problems or eighty percent of the people's problems. Wow, that's awesome. So, what was the timeline from the idea? Okay, I think we should turn this into a course to getting your first one up. That was that was super short. I think I found Lifter LMS. I looked at it. Um, I think within two or three days, I just bought whatever the ultimate mega package was. I was like, I, I just want to buy this, you know, buy once, cry once. And then we, st- what I did was I took the consulting session, which is about, it's between 60 and 90 minutes. So it's right around an hour, most of the time. And I just sat down, looked at the camera, just like I'm doing now and recorded a like a flat session um, with no customization. So here's what I go through. I talk about strategy, tactics, tools, like 60 minutes of just talking about helium. And I put that up as the course. And I think it had, it had paid everything off in a week. Like the, the course, like selling the course paid off all the lifter LMS expenses in the first seven days. It might've been eight days, but it's like, okay, well, this is probably a good idea. Let's, let's keep going with it. Yeah. And I think there's also other things you can always add to what you're giving, right? Cause things change and you think of like, oh, we could add this, you know? So it's, um, we're in the phase right now where we're just making it better looking, yeah. you know, with our, uh, with all the offerings. So yeah. And the, the ultimate is we just want to help people and we want to help people do this and help people understand it and expand, you know, people's knowledge of, you know, helium. That's, that's the goal. And yeah. Let's, let's talk about the membership and you know, we're going to do a membership thing where we can, Nick can do a Q and a, and we can bring ex- experts in. And then is that an upsell or like just a, some you're going to add on top or how are you thinking about that? We haven't really decided yet. Yeah, Chris, we're not sure. I think this is one of those things where it's, it's interesting because you've got domain expertise in one area in the world of helium. I totally know what I'm talking about in right. the world of learning and teaching stuff. I'm pretty good. I've had a bunch of experience in that in, in another kind of life. But in the world of kind of applied um, entrepreneur, educator, educator, entrepreneur that you talk about, we really don't know kind of what to do. It we're still we're still newbies in that. So the, the Lifter LMS course has been super helpful to kind of think about that and frame that. And we've had people reach out to help us, but we're still figuring out what does it look like to be a member? What does it look like to take a course? What does it look like to take a couple courses? What does it look like to have access to the blog? And how do we put all of that stuff together? And, and we're still in the in the learning phase before we really we're, apply all that stuff. We're probably structuring it to where the, the course is just the basics. It's the foundation. It's all the language that you need to know. And then the membership is going to be this ongoing thing where if things change, if you have questions, troubleshooting, and that's, you know, kind of like a real time, you know, where we can, Nick can talk to people once a week and then, then we can bring an expert in once a week and perks and all that stuff. So we're just basically going through all that right now. And getting into like the badges and all the options. That's awesome. Well, just to throw some ideas your way. um, uh, I think of a course as like a fundamental building block. But then uh, when you get into memberships, 
you know, you put your target customer in the center and they need help and then you surround them with whatever they need. They may need courses. They may need office hours. They may need like templates or schematics, even potentially some kind of physical items that come in the mail, access to experts, uh, potentially office hours, like a time box amount of time that you can come, they can come to and ask anything. There's group coaching, there's private coaching. There's like so many different things that you can just surround them with help. And basically once you have that kind of like how you started your company, uh, when people keep coming at you with the same problems over and over again, like, Oh, there might be a course that can answer that. There might be a template kind of PDF thing that can answer that. Um, could be connecting them to each other through community, which I'm sure I know that's big in, in crypto. So uh, there's, there's lots of options there. Yeah. I have a question for you. I, I asked, I was, I'm part of your Facebook group and I asked on there about um, doing, I asked about memberships and you sent me, I think to Melissa, I forget. Melissa Love. Yeah. Yeah. Melissa Love and her membership. And so I joined her, her membership. Oh, you did. Uh, Cool. Yeah. She does a good job. Yeah. She's over in the UK. And uh, so I'm learning a lot from what she's been doing. And, you know, one of the things that she does is she starts a fake Facebook community. Have you had anybody do like, instead of doing the Facebook community to do like a, the discord instead of like you send people to the community on discord? Yeah. I mean, we see people use all kinds of different things. Um, There's discord, there's Slack, there's these different forum softwares. Um, You can even host it on your website. Lifter has a tool for that. Uh, There's something called buddy boss, but um. Cause I know that's I how she reaches out. That's how, that's her, how she reaches out to her community. You know, yeah, it's, with a, like- it's a popular debate. Like, should you okay. like in the sense that, um, uh, yes, you can create it on your own website, but if people are already like, I know crypto people, I'm in a lot of discord groups. So like when I'm on discord, I'm in that headspace. So that yeah. might make sense for helium. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm in some more technical like website WordPressy groups that are like really Slack heavy. Okay. I'm in other things like more general entrepreneurship where I'm in Facebook groups. Yeah. So I think it's it's not like a one size fits all. It's what are your people by by getting in the flow where they already are, if they're already spending a lot of time in Discord, I would definitely consider doing a private Discord. And I actually I have seen um some people like if you know what the rally token is. Mm-mm, no, it's like a um, it's a social token for uh, uh, basically like certain thought leaders. They they kind of get a coin, but on the rally platform, which makes it easy for them. And then like you buy tokens, and then you get access to private discords or uh, certain member perks and stuff like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's fairly newish. But uh, I've seen some people automating certain things where they have these bots in Discord that like can tell that you have this much of this social token, and it gets <laughs> there's a uh, there's some interesting stuff going on there. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. The combination of Discord and NFTs and access and sorting things out and really automating it like a system of joining a group. That that stuff yeah. is really interesting to me. So. Yeah, social social learning or social community communities is um, it's a big part of it. You know, everybody kind of starts with the content, and I'm like, I'm productizing my knowledge, and then they realize, especially in a tight niche where everybody's, you know, has shared problems or 
uh, similar styles or ways of seeing the world, this community thing really takes on a life of its own. And, and sometimes it becomes the main event, like yeah. it's pretty all cool. these like kind of wild helium people that are, you know, doing what they're doing and they like hanging out with each other, I bet. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's cool. I've, I have a question for you folks. Um, one of the trends we've noticed is that the companies that make technology are never the ones that make the best training about it. With uh, crypto, it's a little different because it's so, somewhat decentralized. So I'm just trying to get a sense, like, how big is like the Helium niche or the Helium community, or how many developers are there that actively work on the protocol or on the blockchain blockchain technology or whatever? Like, how how big is this niche? Sure. It's uh, so we start with Helium. Helium's got I want to say thirty to forty employees. So still pretty small company. Okay. Um, the the language that you're they're using Erlang is known by almost no one. So they've got a really small pool to draw from. But it does apparently things that you can't do in other <laughs> languages. So <laughs> okay. So they, there's like that side of it. Um, the economic side of it, I'm just I don't pay as much attention to. I can tell you, there's uh, I think we just went over five hundred thousand miners on the network. Wow. Um, Which means and, like 500,000 uh, devices. Yeah, yeah. Half a million radios expected to be three and a half million by the end of the year um, deployed wow. all over the world. So when we think about, you know, how much how much HNT is, is going out, it's two and a half million HNT tokens are going out a month. And about a third of that, actually two thirds of that goes to like the people who are actually doing the thing, whether they're deploying miners or they're processing data. So two thirds times uh, two point five million is what is that uh, eight eight million or eight hundred thousand HNT and HNT is thirty bucks right now. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of money in the space. Um, and would you agree? Know. Would you agree that the helium company was didn't really have adequate training materials? That's why people were calling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, <laughs> it's a common trend. I see. It's not a yeah. Common. No, I think the way I look at it is. They helium doesn't care if you understand it or not, they care if it works, right? And they've been pretty clear about that. They've said, Look, we want to not purposefully leave a ton of money on the table or a ton of opportunity on the table, but we purposefully want to build a community. And so, we are going to focus on the core of making sure this thing works, and everybody else can make sure that they figure out how to support that or how to grow an ecosystem around that. So Helium talks a lot about, hey, we're flying a plane with everyone on it and we're fixing the plane as we're flying it. If you want to offer you know, room service in the plane or you want to offer wine or champagne or whatever, you want to be like an extra fixer, you want to be a navigator, fine. All those positions are open. We're just keeping the thing in the air. That's cool. Um, so in this model, I think uh, you know, a lot of people are just trying to wrap their heads around blockchain and Web3 and all this stuff. Like who, like, what are we disrupting here? Like, how is this, how is this uh, better and more empowering to the people? I know you've touched on it a little bit, but um, like what, in, what in, innovation or creativity or um, acceleration does this really unlock? Like, what's the game changing nature of this? Yeah, we got two big things to think about there. Um, one of them is just allowing people to earn off of off of providing coverage, like wireless. Instead coverage. of just big companies doing that. Instead of just big companies, instead monopolies. of Verizon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I, I don't know if they're totally monopolies because we got Verizon, we got AT and T, we got T Mobile, we got Sprint. There's a there's a couple in there. So will this also... will this replace the cellular network one day? 
I don't know about replace it. I think it'll augment it. So we think okay. of the, the cost to a Verizon or a T-Mobile or a Sprint of putting up a tower is a couple million dollars. The cost to a normal person of putting up something that can provide local coverage or even hyper-local coverage is more like, I don't know, 5,000 bucks at the, at the top end if we're talking about 5G and probably 1,000 if we're talking about LoRa. So on the on the the side of how is it disrupting a an industry it's disrupting the, the telco industry because it's replacing in some parts the big towers but it's also just making it easier for all of those companies to provide coverage because what helium is doing like their playbook that they're just going to execute over and over again is to go into a wireless area and say how do we build out something that supports better coverage and then how do we sell that coverage to the T-Mobiles, to the Verizons, to the Sprint? So let's say it, you know, on this block, there's not great cell phone coverage where we live or, or near my building or whatever it is. We could put up a, a helium hotspot, and I'm being a little bit loose with the diff, different um, frequencies here, but we could put up a helium hotspot that a telco would never consider putting up because it's just not worth their time. But for us, it might make enough to you know, pay half the mortgage or pay a bunch of the bills or pay the whole mortgage, depending on how good it is. So it's not going to be a, a total disruption as much it is a, as it is an augmentation and also a distribution of funds. So instead of the big companies getting all the money, now that gets split up to smaller people, the smaller entities. So that's the first side is the wireless side. The second way that this is disrupting basically the, the world is, is it's exposing people to the idea of IoT. And IoT is a giant space. If we think about IoT in very general terms and how we understand it as, as humans, um, we start with going back, you know, 10, 20,000 years. And we go back to a human who was living 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago. That person knew everything about their local environment. They knew where the deer was. They knew where the rabbit slept. They knew where the fox was. They knew where good water was. They knew where bad water was, um, the dry air, like all, they, they knew all of that stuff. But that information couldn't be transmitted or distributed at any kind of scale, right? It went to their tribe of 20 or 30 or 50 people, and that's where it stopped. What the IoT is allowing us to do is to begin to distribute that information at scale. So you have not just one sensor, not 100, not 1,000, but millions of sensors all around the world, all collecting different data. And that data is now with Helium able to be tokenized and then sold. And so whether you're a, a a college with a weather engineering program or weather degree program, and you want to look at a ton more data than you used to be able to have just on, on professional weather stations. And so now you're looking at these extra pieces of data coming in from all the IoT sensors that are being deployed, or you want to track, you know, pallets, planes, and packages if you're FedEx or DHL. Uh, Farmers want to track soil, you yeah. know, moisture in the soil. Yeah. So this whole Rather idea- Rather than just wasting water, you know, you can actually measure to see if you actually need water. Sensors. Um, yep. So this yeah, whole sensors. IoT sensor thing is it's I liken it to it's it's as if um we had an earthquake in the middle of the Pacific and there's a tsunami coming to hit the western seaboard and it's moving yeah. at you know 600 miles an hour. Right now it's only a foot high. So people look at it like, yeah, that's not big. <laughs> but when it hits that western seaboard, it will be unlike anything we've ever seen before as far as understanding our world and the distributed amount of information that is going to be available to people at, at reasonable prices due to helium. And that is, that's kind of the giant thing backing all of this, this play is that sure you're making money off of this proof of coverage stuff right now. You're making money by having your radio um, radio up, but in the long term, what we're participating in is this um, decentralization and distribution of information at a scale that 
no one's seen before. Build in a network. Wow, this is this is really cool. Could you provide an example, maybe, of how this will it collide with um, autonomous driving or uh, the future of vehicles? Does it does it mess with that at all? GPS or um, traffic yeah, data we're, or we're something? We're seeing like a ton of different projects. Helium's not the only thing. So Helium is more of a, a wireless um, wireless project, but there are other projects, Demo or MapMetrics or HiveMapper or um, lots of lots of these other things that are saying, look. We are all generating data as we move around, and we can begin to tokenize that data in very different ways. So for a project like HiveMapper, you put a dash cam on your car. That dash cam feeds the images that you, as you drive around, you collect. And now instead of Google having their own car and having proprietary access to their mapping information, you can start um, uh, providing coverage to that map and you can get paid for the, the tiles, so the, the small areas of the map that you actually map. And that information is way fresher, way more accurate, way more detailed than a Google vehicle driving around. So that's just one example. Now, will Helium directly interact with that? It may and it may not. It depends on the sensors that are out there. Um, it may make it so that you know it's easier for vehicles to communicate over the IoT with where they've been or what they're doing or the temperature or the humidity or how many cars are parked in a lot. Like a lot of those kinds of things on the sensor side, Helium will contribute to. But I really think of Helium more as an enabling technology and not really an application technology. I may be wrong on that. And, and I'm so sure some engineer will be like, you don't know what you're talking about. But that's how I think of it is it allows people to do things. And now it's up to the rest of us to build um, the, the things that will do that stuff. That's awesome. Um, going back to being an education entrepreneur, how do you think about your customer avatar or your ideal learner? Like, who are these people? I think, I think that's going to be, Lee has been thinking about how we do this. I think there's so much new language with it, like even the word IoT, right? Mm -hmm. Internet of Things. And there's so many acronyms. And I think a lot of the people on this end are super smart. And I don't want to say having to dumb things down, but it really, you have to start there. Make it and, accessible. Yeah. yeah. And you have to you know, bring people up through kindergarten, through elementary, through middle school, you know, because you want them to be successful and you want this thing to work. Um, so I think that's how we, you know, we just start with the basics. Um, I always wanted to do a YouTube interview and have, you know, me ask Nick questions because I'm pretty, you know, the normal user. It's probably yeah. the same with you and your wife and how, how something works or, you know, your girlfriend asking you questions. Um, but yeah, that's probably the avatar that we're building out. Are they mostly coming at first for they hear about the mining and the HNT like income opportunity? Is that like kind of the doorway gateway into the world? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's it's very curious people. And I think a lot of I think that's yeah, curious people and they just don't know the language behind it. And just the mechanics behind it. And they just, you know, want to be spoon fed. I would, yeah, I'm the same way. You know, you don't want to piece all this together. You know, you want to go to somebody who's kind of like the expert in it and learn from them. And it's, I mean, time is everything, right? So if you're going to spend an hour or two learning something, you know, and I, yeah. Yeah. One of the things that people, I heard somebody say this, I think his name is Dev Basu, that the things that people buy in courses is speed, certainty, and insight. So if you can help yeah. them save time, 
make sure yeah. they don't make a bunch of mistakes and like learn along the way. That's like the very powerful. Um, that's what people are actually buying the speed. Yeah, and exactly. It's just um, cool. How, what, what are your plans for the future? Like um, in terms of growth, getting, getting people in there. Uh, I, I think one, one way to ask that is actually a lot of people struggle with getting students or clients or customers. It sounds like you already had like this pipeline of people coming for consulting, yeah. but what are your thoughts on, on just growing uh, or how do you think about marketing or getting new learners in the platform? Or are you just trying to keep up with the demand that just comes naturally? I'm trying to keep up with the demand that comes naturally. If we look at the site right now, it gets, I don't know, 70,000 sessions. That's a WordPress step per month, which is a lot of people. It's probably that is a lot. 40, yeah, 40, 50,000 people visiting the site a month, something like that. I think Google, Google stats are, are the, the people. So right now we're just trying to keep up with that demand and figure out how do we yeah, help more people with it. How do we help those people who are coming to the site? Because it's we think of it in two ways. You can go to the site and you can get all of this information for free, um, but it'll take you hours of going around to read every single blog post I've written and understand all of it and have it explained to you. And so how do we how do we have an offering for everybody? And so one of the things is you know, making sure we monetize all those offerings so that it's fair for both sides. It's fair for me to, to sit down and take away time from, you know, my kind of former life where Lee and I run a cookie company that, that sells desserts online. Um, and it's fair for me to say, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. And we're going to get paid for that. And it's also fair for the person coming in and says, okay, you don't need to spend 500 bucks an hour on a consult session with me. You can spend 10 bucks a month and read the blog, um, or you can spend whatever it's going to be for the membership and have, you know, weekly or biweekly or whatever it is access. And so we wanted to make it so that there was entry points for everyone and everyone could participate at any kind of reasonable level. Wow. Well, con congratulations on 70,000 people coming to check out your stuff. That's, that's awesome. It really blows my mind how, mm -hmm. how just scaled out this new technology era is and just the demand for information and understanding you know, just watching things like institutional adoption of various cryptocurrencies and just seeing this whole thing kind of go mainstream is fascinating. It's just moving so fast. Yeah, no, it's 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 bananas and it's going to move faster. And there's there's so many cool projects coming out, you know, some of which we're doing and some of which are just unknown to us. But I think 2022 is going to be the fastest year that anyone has ever seen as far as change. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. What's the, um, if somebody were to take your course, what's at least in today's dollars, what's the, um, timeline and cost for them to get, uh, uh, helium, uh, did you call it a mine or a connector? What is it called? Miner or a hotspot. Those are a hotspot. Like if we get into your course, like how much money and how much time till we could get one up at our house? Sure. I think the, the first thing to do before you do the course is just look at the map and see what is going on around you. Right. And yeah. if you're in a rural area and there's no hotspots around you, um, think of it this way is you'll probably earn the average of your closest 10 hotspots. Now that's a, a very rough number, and that can be that can be wildly wrong, but it's usually pretty close. Is all so, that data open? Like you can see whatever all that hotspot stuff is free. Is that's all on like explorer.helium.com. So you could start okay. there and say, is it worth it for me to get in there? Um, mm -hmm. if you're in downtown New York City or downtown San Francisco or downtown Boston. No, it's not. Uh, those are those are too overcrowded. And the way helium works with overcrowding is the more overcrowded it is, the less you earn. 
But if you're in that sweet spot, if you're out on the edge of a city or on the, in the suburbs and there's not a lot of hot spots around you and you say, okay, I think this is worth it. It's um, the course is a hundred bucks and it takes an hour. So if you're, if you're cool with that, that's the kind of starting thing. And then from there you decide whether or not you're going to buy a hotspot on eBay and get it basically right away. And that will run you in today's prices somewhere between 800 and $1,200. Or you say, I'm going to wait for a hotspot to be delivered and manufacture lead times right now are between, I don't know, 18 and 24 weeks. So that's really what the course helps you helps you decide is you say, okay, I'll, I'll put a hundred bucks into this and figure it out. By the end of that course, then you know where to look, what to look for, and how to much more accurately assess your location and make that decision. You know, do I spend the 1200 or do I spend for a, a manufacturer provided hotspot there, six to 800 um, new out of the package or new in the box. So that's kind of the the progression and flow. And once you get the hotspot, how long does it take to actually get it online and get everything connected? And I mean, to, act, to, to connect it, it takes, I don't know, five minutes. For it to be up and running and earning is anywhere from two hours to 96 hours, depending on the manufacturer. So right now, and this will change in three months. So by the end of Q1 2022, this will change. But right now, every miner ca- uh, carries a large portion of the blockchain on itself. And so it has to deal with a giant amount of data. And depending on when your hotspot comes online and what this is getting super technical, super fast, but I'll try and keep it easy, is every softened helium will release a snapshot of the blockchain, which says like, hey, this is not everything that's on there. It's just, it gets you up to the present. If you put your miner online right after they've released a new snapshot, you'll be up and running because you'll have this copy that is easily digestible by your miner. If you put your miner online you know, a week or two weeks after the latest snapshot, it's going to take it a couple extra days for it to get all of the, the updated information on the blockchain onto it. So yeah, two hours to 96 hours is probably as long as it takes before you're up and running. And then average earnings right now are 0.14 HNT a day, might be 0.112 uh, HNT per day. That's global average. So it's, it's really dependent. The high earners are earning um, just over one HNT a day and the low earners are earning nothing because it's not plugged in or they're just in a basement and, and they don't understand the system. Cool. Um, one of the things, this is a little more technical for, for the folks out there that uh, may not be familiar with blockchain and crypto, but in terms of like coverage, you know, if you think of something like Bitcoin and okay, we're going to use the sun to mine Bitcoin and, and all of a sudden the entire world is like covered in solar panels. Like how do you um, like, how do the tokenomics work in terms of like a saturation point? Like, will it always be accessible to the little for, for helium? Will the little person always, the individual always be able to participate or is this like, is it just changing so fast? We have an opportunity right now. Let's jump on it. But eventually we won't, it'll be hard for individuals to contribute. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, yeah. It's just like any business is that early on, there's giant opportunities for a small amount of people as the people get, the groups of people get larger and larger, the, the pie is the same size and we split smaller and smaller slices. And at some point you just decide whether you want to do it or not um, and, and whether it works for you and your location. One of the cool things about helium is that it's, it's about the same amount of energy to run a light bulb as it is a helium hotspot. So very different than what's called proof of work mining, which is what Bitcoin has been. So on an environmental kind of energy demand side, super, super low. Um, yeah. So that's, that's how to think about that. That's awesome. Do you have any um, 
like some of the people that have been through your course, like what results have they had or what have they, how has it impacted their lives? Like what have you seen happen to people that have been touched by your program? Sure. A lot of, a lot of the kind of the feedback I get, cause I ask for testimonials at the end of every consult um, is, Hey, this really helped me understand the system. And in some cases, for some people, depending on where they are, they say, thank you for doing this. Like the, the 500 bucks I spent on the consult was awesome because I know that I don't need to spend any more money on helium because it's not going to work for me. And other people are like, hey, the 500 is just the beginning. We want to hire you to come out and we wanna, we're going to pay your day rate. We're going to fly you out to XYZ site and you're going to help us deploy 30,000 of these things globally. So the, <laughs> wow. you know, the, the, the span of participation and the, the span of the level of participation is super wide right now. Um, but yeah, some people are seeing, I mean, I, I just yesterday talked to, um, I don't know if you can say this term anymore, a barmaid in Brighton. So it's a, a lady who works at a bar in Brighton, England, which is down on the South Coast. Um, she had bought a couple miners with her boyfriend. They split up and he was just like, hey, you figure this out. I'm out of here. And so she had to figure out what she does with the six helium hotspots she has. Um, and that's a really interesting thing for her. She was, I don't want to give away too much personal information, but um, she has the opportunity to change her life and not wait tables, not, not wait at the bar if she doesn't want to with helium miners. And it can not only replace her income, but substantially improve it. So that's, I mean, that's some of the kind of cooler stuff I see is that you take a risk, you get curious about an environment, um, you make sure that the risk is reasonable. And then you can see, especially in this crypto and, and web free land, a an unreasonable payout. And that's kind of the, the thing that a lot of us are chasing is saying, where, where is it an asymmetric risk reward ratio? And how do you find that? And that's that's one of the things I really like help helping people do. Any other thoughts around just education and web three, like what the world needs to do to help with the transition? I mean, if 2022 is going to be the biggest, most wild year we've seen. Like, what can education do it's to help? A, it's a great question. So there's there's two sides of it. What can we do as educators, and what can we do as people who want to be educated? Yeah. As educators, we just have to get better at doing the thing we're doing. Just like Lee and I are doing right now, we have to learn how to build an education system. Um, we have to figure out how to systematize the whole how thing. How to communicate? How to communicate? How to you how know, to run to it to everybody? Yeah. Yeah. How to run it at scale? Um, how to make a program out of it so that it's not restricted. There's not a bottleneck of just us. So on the educator side, I think we just have to learn about really the business of educating and how does that work, right? Just like Lee and I have learned about the businesses of, of cookies, of notaries, of welding, of you know any one of a number of things where the different businesses we've run or ATMs, um, you got to learn about the business, right? You have to educate yourself. On the other side, on the side of how, how do we educate ourselves, I think 2022 is going to be not only the fastest year we've ever seen as far as just how fast it goes by because there's so many changes. It will also be absolutely the most rewarding year for anyone who is curious and willing to do the work uh, far and away because we are entering into this Web3 arena and this is early adoption days for everything out there. So what is Web3? Web3 Web is this idea that we start taking um, things on the blockchain and they start to become an, an interactive piece of our lives. It's really like the blending of physical and digital reality and using all of this new technology. So yeah, there's, there's many ways to describe it and probably a lot of better ways to describe it than that, but it's it's this shift from 
one person kind of having all the power to mm-hmm. all of the people having a little bit of power and deciding where they're going to apply that power. That's probably the best kind of overarching way to, to say it. Chris, is there anything to add to that on the, the Web3 side? Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. I mean, I've heard it <laughs> described as like, I kind of, when people ask me, I say Web1 is like information, Web2 is social, and Web3 is the internet of value. And uh, what that means, like, I think it's a little easier to maybe see that with things like Bitcoin um, versus, you know, digital gold versus physical gold. But what is that? But even what you're talking about with H&T participating in the IoT network and generating value from that, it it makes sense to me as being like a Web3 thing going on there. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they might not. I don't know if they'd uh, consider themselves Web3 or not, but I think the applications that are going to be laid on top of it are clearly going to be Web3 stuff. As we start seeing people interact with, you know, across really fluidly crossing physical and digital lines um, and using blockchain to track that and to decentralize how all that stuff gets um, rewarded, the tokenization of, of everything. That's That's at the core of what's happening right now. Part of the Web3 thing, going back to the conversation around community, is the digitization of community is, um, I mean, some people call it like cloud cities and things like this, where let's say the people who are really into Helium, there's like a whole community. You could have like a pop-up conference somewhere, anywhere in the world and bring Helium people together. This is like, uh, that's like kind of a very Web3 concept. And it's happened. it's happened online for a while that cultures develop on the internet but it's now it's like accelerated yeah very much accelerated yeah it's crazy i think it's cool there's you know the people who are experts can now get their knowledge out and think how much that's expanding people's lives and people's worlds you know and they can start businesses based on that knowledge like the lady who is the the cleaner is just a perfect example She's a, it's amazing. And she's enabling other people to start a business and giving that information without them having to start from scratch. It's yeah. And I saw her go from like zero to, uh, I think last I checked 200,000 YouTube subscribers. Yeah, it's, I just, saw that. it's just amazing. I just, I just love what she's doing and it's empowering other people. It's empowering other people. And I think that's, what's most important is it's incredible. I, I love it. Especially in technology, the, um, you know, like for me, like software company, getting uh, web developer talent, um, oftentimes they don't come to the traditional education system, like because technology is changing so fast, traditional college or community college curriculum and stuff, it it has a hard time keeping up. So like these more agile, just in time learning entrepreneurs like yourselves are actually creating the best technology education of the future. Which yeah. is, and you're 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 moving quick, and you have a niche that's like, uh, you know, helium mining may not, uh, it's specialized, whereas like university stuff tends to be more generalized. So yes. uh, it's really cool to see you and folks like you uh, just finding, just mastering these technology niches and and just helping empower other people. It's it's yep. very cool. Yep. Awesome. Well, Nick and Lee, that. That's this has been a great conversation. Um, I love getting into crypto and blockchain and and uh, learning about how it crosses into the physical world because a lot of people can't see it. But when we start to think about like 
oh, Internet of Things, like this is, I can feel and touch those things. What's what's happening in the background? So these devices can talk to each other and communicate. It's, it's really amazing. Um, any final words for the people? Uh, let's say first about um, if somebody's thinking about creating a course and then second about getting into um, helium mining, if we've piqued somebody's interest, what they should do. Sure. Uh, you want to take the course one? You guys pulled off a course quickly and uh, like what, what piece of advice do you have? Like a lot of, some people don't launch or they get all wrapped up in these rabbit holes, but you made it happen. Like how that, happen? I think the biggest thing is just do it and don't yeah. worry about being perfect and just, just do it and just start and put it out there. Because if you get into this perfectitis thing, you're just never going to be able to put it out if you're so worried about how you look or how you sound. or yeah. And I think that's the biggest uh, stumbling block for people you know, wanting to create something. Because somebody needs your, what you need to teach out there. And instead of thinking uh self-centered and just, you know, doing it for yourself or how I look, think about, about the other person and giving to the other person and creating expansion to the other person. So it's all about the other person is expanding their life and not, you know, self-centered what I look like and all that. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Nick, if somebody has just now become insanely curious about helium <laughs> and HNT and, and, uh, creating a hotspot, what should they do? Uh, I mean, if, I would say go to go to gristleking.com, check it out, uh, look around, see what you think. You can always look at uh, explore.helium.com just to look at the map and see what hotspots are out there. And then if you decide you want to get deeper, the we've built the entire website for you. So check it out. That's awesome. So that's gristleking.com, G-R-I-S-T-L-E-K-I-N-G. Uh, yep. Nick and Lee, thanks for coming on the show. Keep up the amazing work. We'll have to do another one of these in a year or so and just see where you're at and what you're doing and how the world has changed in 2022. But uh, yeah. thanks for being a shining example of education entrepreneurs who just get out there and just do it, make it happen, help people and pursue their passion. Yeah. And thanks for doing what you do. Yeah. It's uh, I uh, watch you every day. Watch your <laughs> videos. Right. I, I watch one of your videos every day. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You're, you're creating, creating a lot of uh, expansion also. Well, thank you. Yeah. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.